stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, we all know that education is a good thing. And you can never have too much of a good thing, right? Well, what if that's not the case? So here's a contrarian view for you. What if much of what we now consider to be education, our education system, is in fact a waste of time and money? Education's good for learning things, but things you might not ever have to use in the real world. Are we actually teaching young people the skills they need to get jobs and keep jobs and succeed in their jobs? Although those diplomas and degrees might look good on the wall, But are they valuable in the real world or are they just a form of signaling? So some provocative ideas being raised by our next guest, who ironically enough is a trained economist, is a professor at George Mason University. But he's written a new book and it's called The Case Against Education, Why the Education System is a Waste of Time and Money. And in his view, a lot needs to change. Ryan Kaplan is his name, as mentioned, professor of economics at George Mason University. Brian, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. I suppose it's interesting, and maybe it might seem counterintuitive to people, that here we have uh, an educated and trained uh, economist, a professor, uh, lamenting the education system. Uh, yeah, well, I see myself as a whistleblower. I mean, I've been in schools nonstop for over 40 years at this point, and I just think taxpayers ought to know that they are getting ripped off. How so? Uh, so, you know, the, you know, the key idea of my book is that while education is generally profitable for students, the reason is much subtler than most people think. In particular, since most of what you learn in school you're never going to use in the job, what you're really doing is showing off for employers, trying to convince them that you're worthy. Basically, the main thing that you get in, at the end of school or when you graduate is you get some stickers on your forehead saying, grade A worker. That's wonderful. And the thing is, is that, of course, the more stickers people have, the more you need to be considered worthy of employment. So, you know, if my story is right, then spending a lot of money on education is not really the path to rich society, even though doing well in school is a path to becoming a successful individual. It's signaling in a way, right? Education or having those degrees. That is is the very word I had in mind, but wasn't saying. (laughs) Yes, signaling, exactly. Signaling, signaling, signaling. So you, you would draw a very significant distinction between getting an education and acquiring job skills. Uh, that's right. Uh, yes. So, yeah, of course, there's some overlap. So literacy, numeracy, these are things you learn in school that are useful on the job. But so much of what you do in school, it would be a miracle if you ever used it after the final exam. And yet uh, employers do hold it against you if, say, you just refuse to take a foreign language. In fact, you know, like probably it's very, very hard to get into U.S. colleges if you haven't done a foreign language. And like, even then, almost impossible to get out of college without doing it. And so just because you refuse to study, say, Latin, uh, your application goes in the trash. And that really is a system that we have. It's a perverse one. So when you talk about the education system, is, it, is this primarily an indictment of post-secondary education, or is this uh, a, a broader indictment than that? Yes, it's 
definitely broader. So, you know, you know, there's a lot of resentment against college. So a lot of when I talk about education, most people hear college. But I also talk a lot about high school. And, you know, you know, like people imagine, like, when, once they've been out of high school for 20 years, oh, well, they're teaching in high school is super useful. But you actually look at the subjects the students are doing, they're killing an enormous amount of time. And, you know, like the amount of, of school time that's actually spent on literacy and numeracy is you know, shockingly low, under a third. And the rest of the day, they're just doing other stuff that they're never going to need to know again. I suppose it's the routine is is part of it that uh, we're teaching young people to show up at a certain time of day to to mm-hmm. be present during the day to um, you know as you put it uh, show up sit down and shut up. Yeah, you know, there's definitely some value in that. So you know, you know school does provide you know you know this useful life training, but the real question is is it, you know is, is school providing useful life training compared to staying home alone playing video games? Well, then school's better. But how about a school providing useful life training compared to just having a job, right? You know, any job will teach you the same thing and, you know, probably quite a bit better because uh, schools are actually a lot, a lot more forgiving than employers are. You know, they say, you know, employers you know, really expect you to be disciplined. If you're playing on your phone when you're supposed to be working, you're probably going to get fired. But, you know, most, most of the schools in my area, even though the schools officially have an anti-cell phone policy, it's barely enforced. So the kids are goofing off most of the time. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's better training than just being home alone playing on your phone, but it's still not that great. Uh, certainly, I think in both Canada and the U.S., we, we've built up a society almost around this idea. You, you go through school, you go through middle school and high school, you work toward a college education, you save for a college education. Here's different ways that parents can help save for a college education. We're very much trained to, to send our children down this path. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, so deeply ingrained in our culture. And again, you know, if a person just says, I think this is a waste of time, I'm not doing it, this is really a deviant act in the modern world. If someone had a kid who otherwise was fine, but he says, like, I just refuse to go to college, I think it's a waste of time, we'd be horrified. And I think, you know, this, this is, is the key to understanding why it is that there's such a payoff for, uh, you know, for graduation especially, uh, which is that if you don't do it, you've, you've really sent, uh, sent the world a very bad message about yourself. Now, again, this, this is the kind of thing where we have locked ourselves into it, where it's really important to finish college just because almost everyone thinks it's really important to finish it. And again, what I talk about in the case against education is like, we really need to – you know, to reduce government spending on education, to cut government, uh, to cut education, just to go and rewrite the script and make it clear that you know, just because you don't have a fancy degree doesn't mean that you're not worth employing. Don't the numbers tell us though that that college graduates, university graduates, tend to earn more than those who who don't have post secondary education, or more than those who have dropped out of high school? Oh yeah, absolutely. That's the whole. You know, I mean, basically, it's the whole story that signaling is trying to explain. It's saying why is it that it pays so much to go and study subjects that you don't really need to know on the job? And yeah, the answer is that education it does convince employers that you are that you have a bunch of good traits. It makes employers think, well, if he's got the college degree, probably pretty smart, pretty hardworking, and pretty conformist. And so, sure, employers are happy to pay for it. But again, the problem is that as degrees multiply, you need more education to be just as convincing. So if you think about you know, 1945, when you know, average education levels in the U.S. would have been about a full degree less, back then you could become a manager with a high school degree, because back then a high school degree was impressive. Now it's not. Uh, well, it's certainly for some occupations. I mean, there, there's, there's a need to learn things. If I want to be a doctor, uh, mm-hmm. don't, don't I need to, to go to a medical school and learn what they're teaching me? Yeah, absolutely. Although you don't really need a bachelor's degree, you could go straight from high school to medical school, which actually happens in plenty of countries. You know, the American system, where you have, you know, just to become a doctor, you have to first go and study Proust for a few years. 
is ridiculous. You know, far you know, far better just to go and cut it, you know, cut to the chase and said, look, you want to be a doctor? Fine, let's start training you as a doctor. Let's go. Right. So maybe it's a case then is at some level too for a more practical education that if we want people yeah, to be yeah, engineers, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's train them to be engineers. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Although even there, what's striking is how even even majors that seem pretty vocational, when you really talk to people who do them, they'll tell you about all the time they're wasting. So to be an engineer, you still have about a year's worth of breadth requirements. And then in class, you're likely to get a bunch of lectures from professors who go over mathematical proofs of, of what you're doing, which no practical engineer actually needs to know. I mean, my dad's a PhD in electrical engineering. He said he has spent all this time on proofs. And how many times does an employer ever say, you know, Kaplan, I want you to go and prove something now. I mean, never. You know, it's like, well, build it. Don't prove it. Well, isn't it true? Because you would think governments then would have a vested interest for this to be uh, efficient and more uh, economical. And, and so, too, would the institutions, wouldn't they? Well, I mean, the main thing to remember is, uh, you, know, the, you know, there is no uh, one, there is no agent called the government. It's just a bunch of, of individual politicians and government employees and bureaucrats. And what each of them wants to do is for people to like them and to be popular. So, I mean, if most people cherish education, the last thing a politician wants to say is, this is a giant waste. I'm not going to like it. Taxpayers should get a refund. Instead, you're going to pander and just tell people what they want to hear. Uh, so, in the case against education, I talk a lot about what's called, what psychologists call social desirability bias. You know, basically, this means that people like to say and believe things that sound good, you know, like children of the future and everyone special, this kind of thing, has great, has great appeal. And if you want to win in politics, you better do say this kind of stuff, because talking like me isn't going to get you elected. Right. I mean, this <laughs> this is quite contrary, yeah, yeah. and I think you realize how, how this, this is being received and likely to be received. Yeah, you know, so I mean, I mean, I know that you know people don't like uh, don't like hearing this kind of thing, but again, you know, like you know, like you know, my conscience weighs on me. I mean, I've seen taxpayer money getting wasted for many decades, and I at least think someone off from inside the system ought to tell them. You know, if I wasn't a professor, who would believe me? I think I really need to have this job here so that people can't say you're just saying it because you're jealous that you can't be a professor. I, mean, <laughs> yes, I am one. I'm, having, I'm you know, and I'm you know having a great time. This is this is a dream job for me. But you know, I think taxpayers ought to know that uh, you know, they're they're you know, giving you know, they're giving a dream life for people like me. But like, is that really how they want to spend their money? Well, how do you feel about it then, as a professor? Do you feel as, as though the students that come before you each year that they're getting something from it, or do you feel that you're you're being paid to waste their time? Well, so. I don't think that, that many of my students are going to use what I learn on the job. So, I mean, like, other than the students that are going to become professors. So, I mean, I, I do teach graduate classes. A lot of those kids will be professors. So I know how to teach them that job. That is my job. For the other kids, though, all the ones who are not going to become professors, I mean, like, I don't know very much about the jobs they're going to do. I don't really know that I have that much that I could even offer them if I, if I wanted to. Um, in terms of giving them some enlightenment or some enrichment, uh, you know, for the minority of students who really love economics, then, you know, like those, of course, I love those kids. They're great. Uh, but then you've got, you know, the large majority who are just punching a clock and just trying to go and get a good grade. And yeah, I mean, for, the, for those students, uh, I mean, I can understand why, why they would feel like it's not worth their time. It's boring to them, and they're not going to use it again. But again, if they don't get past, I'm one of the gatekeepers. So if they don't get a good grade from me, that is going to hurt them when they go looking for a job. So in an ideal world, then, we, we would learn job skills on the job. Yeah, mostly. Again, you know, there may be some value in having, having classroom settings for very specific things, but you know, you know, professors are pretty good at learning from lectures, but most people find them boring and just fall asleep and have trouble paying attention. You know, like, like the, real paper, the real way that people learn how to do almost anything is through practice. So, yeah, like, you know, a lot more practice, a lot less lecturing. 
that would that would be a much better way to teach people how to do stuff. Do you think employers would feel as though we're we're pawning these young people off to them? That now it's up to them to <laughs> uh, to train these people. Well, it's kind of what we do already, right? Because we go and we have them spend 17 years studying stuff that they don't need to know on the job, and then they show up on the job like, well, what do you know how to do? Uh, I can show up on time. I can I can take notes. I can listen. All right. Well, I guess let's get started. Um, yeah, but again, you know, so this is the kind of thing where you know, even now we have things like uh, you know unpaid internships where you go and work for free in exchange for getting some real practical training. And you know, this is a model that really bothers a lot of people because it's like so unfair. The employers are explo- exploiting the the workers by not paying them anything. And like, well, it's a lot fairer than school where they have to pay us, right? So, like, as to why why people make employers out to be the bad guys here, I've got no idea. So this is obviously a book you would like policymakers to read, uh, but in terms yeah. of, of the general public, even you know people who have kids who are going off to college or young people themselves who are considering college, what, what do you want them to take from this? Ah, so, I mean, I, I, I do actually talk quite a bit about it from both the, what I call the selfish and from the social point of view. So selfishly speaking, a very big, a very big thing to realize is that whether or not school is a good idea for you depends upon whether you're actually likely to finish. So whether it's a good idea to encourage your kid to go to college depends a lot upon whether your kid is actually likely to finish. So, I mean, you know, like one, one thing to know is like a lot of kids don't finish. So just, just, just realize that. And then another thing is, you know, the, probably the best predictor of whether your kid will finish is how well they did in high school. So, you know, like a lot of my advice is just, you know, pay close attention and honestly size your kid up and think, well, is my kid really a really good match for college? So, you know, if they've always been a good student, then selfishly speaking, college is a great deal for them. But on the other hand, if they've always struggled in school or just are apathetic about academics, then thinking about vocational school for your kid, you know, you know again, makes makes a great deal of sense. I also go and talk about different majors and, uh, you know, so like, you know, like which majors are, are most likely to pay off for your kids, which ones pay off the worst. I talk about how much, like how, how important is it to send your kid to a fancy school rather than just the basic state school in your neighborhood. And again, the punchline there is, for most people, actually, it is just not worthwhile paying for the fancy school. Well, these are important points. So the book is called The Case yeah. Against Education, Why the Education System is a Waste of Time and Money. Brian Kaplan, it's been great having you here. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, it's been a great pleasure. Thanks a lot. All right, there you go. Brian Kaplan, economist, George Mason University. Uh, his latest book, and uh, yeah, it's going to ruffle some feathers, clearly. The Case Against Education, it's called. Now, obviously, I mean, it's written in American context. Uh, things work a little bit differently there, but I think by and large, a lot of these same principles would apply here. So I'm really curious what you make of this. 974-8255 is our number. You can phone, you can text, 974-TALK. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.